Hello, everybody. This conversation will be more than you can handle. But hey, <laughs> I'm told I'm more than you can handle. So I'll help you get through it, all right? Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to More Than You Can Handle. Healthy, sexy, and inspired. Now your host, Sarah Moore. Hey everybody, this is Sarah Moore and you are listening to More Than You Can Handle. Healthy, sexy, inspired. And I will set the intention and say for you that my goal with this podcast is to have you laughing, thinking, and getting excited about your purpose and giving you more than you can handle. Now, you know, the business of it, you can find me on social media. Like, can we not find anybody on social media? I kind of admire those you cannot. Like, really, you can resist being on social media. I love it. Um, So those platforms, Sarah Moore Health for Instagram and Facebook, and you can find me, Sarah, with an H, M underscore health on Twitter. Um, don't go there expecting a whole lot. You'll be disappointed. And um, you can find me online at sarahmorehealth.com where um, obviously my business is housed and you could see how to work with me one-on-one and what programs I have available um, to go ahead and start doing things on your own. So thank you so much for being here and sticking with this. Maybe this is your first. Maybe this is your fifth. I think that's what this one is. Um, so today's episode, I'm going to be talking about an article that I was given to me from one of my clients and very dear friend and someone who's helped me birth this podcast because she has her own without warning. If you are a crime podcast, crime person in general, but like podcast, she's just, I can't can't say enough about her. And you like, I am in love with her. I'm in love with her as a human being, as a person and what she's brought into my life. But um, she's a voice for the voiceless and she just makes it happen. And she's a strong woman, but yet vulnerable And I can say so many things about her, but she was like, hey, here, I think this article speaks to you about you and you need to read it. And I was like, okay, cool. Now it is a mind body newspaper. So it is a little bit more holistic based and mindful thinking. It isn't in your traditional newspaper, which would be super cool if it was, but you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves on that. But the title of the article is learn to age well from the real experts. So this is a, um, writer that went and spoke to older people who have aged well that are living in their 80s and 90s and kind of asked them, like, what is your secret? What has gone on? You know, and I've, throughout doing this for 13 years and I I guess longer because I was a personal trainer, but as far as Sarah Moore Health and, you know, the holistic side of things, I began to kind of understand and get an idea of how our healthcare system and hospitals and medicine in a loose overall blanket way to describe it and how we're living the way we are and why some people can say, oh, we're living longer than we ever have. And someone like me is like, but but we're getting sicker earlier than we ever had. And why is that? And there are multiple factors, of course. I'm never a put, you know, my pinpoint one thing as the culprit in the problem. That's delusional. There's multiple things that go into making something not function well, and we have to address the whole deal. But I do have, um, and this sparks some ideas, and that's why she gave it to me, of course, because she knows me. Um, 
of a topic to talk to you about. And, you know, learning to age well, like what is aging? And, you know, funny, it's not a funny story, but I actually was just speaking with someone today about, you know, the evolution of my marriage into divorce. And I showed a picture of him of us together and how he looks now. And this is no shame or whatever. We all do our own thing. But I said, outside of him, I said, I've de-aged 10 years. I look younger now than I did then. Even my facial structure has changed over time as I've aged to just be different. And what that's shown in me is our energy and our thoughts and the way we live are so impacting on us outside of just our food. And so what this article goes into, and it gives some great tips on aging well, and here's here's what I think, and this has been my thought for a very long time because I was fortunate to have know a great-grandmother when I was younger, to know my grandparents for a very long time, and I still have a grandma living who's, a, I think she's 90. Like, I don't know. I don't like to look at the numbers. It's just whatever. But, um, and of course, I have both of my parents. And as I've gotten into this holistic thing and just become very observant, because we don't talk a lot about what I do when I go home. Um, I said this in another podcast. My brother does what my dad did. My sister does what my mom did. And there's Sarah doing what she does. And so we don't really talk about what Sarah does. And not because they're like embarrassed or whatever. It's just not their expertise or something that they want to talk about. So we talk about the kids and that's fine, but I'm not dismissive of of how that feels at times. Um, But that's okay because I get that I'm very deep and invested in people's lives. I say I take care of bodies And I really do. If someone comes into my life, whether it's a close friend, a lover, or a client, I'm invested in their body. I want you to be taken care of in my presence by the work I do. Um, If you hire me, of course I want, and and I take it very seriously. I was about to say personal. I don't take it personal because I don't, you know, I mean, I do want you to do well, but I don't, um, I have to make sure I keep that disconnect so it doesn't personally affect me. But I have um, I have a new client too, and we were just messaging, and he's on vacation, but yet not getting to rest. And a lot of people want him, even pleasurably want him, but he just wants space. And I just said, what can I do only for you? Nothing for me, because we're friends, but also a paying client. And I'm very good to separate that. Um, But I said, what can I do for you? And he was like, but I don't feel like it's been equal. And I said, this isn't about being equal. If you're my friend, it's not tit for tat. We're 100%, 100%. That means we just show up for each other as each other need it. And so um, with that mentality that I have, it allows me to really view someone in a different light. And I think our medical system has progressed in a way that's so wonderful. But this has also progressed in a way of profits over health that's detrimental And when our grandparents, and I say it might not be for you depending on your age, but my grandparents who are now in the 90s, they weren't going to have access to hospitals in the same regard or medicine. And, you know, if you can think back that far, either study it in history, 
you know, when they would go to corner stores or they would barter back and forth. You have the meat, I have the corn or whatever have you. Everything wasn't at our disposal like we are now. There wasn't Target across the street. And I was fortunate enough to grow up in a small town when there was even the dime store. And I mean, it wasn't there for much longer, but I remember as a kid going in there and I wish I would have really understand more like what it meant to just pay like a dime for something. Like, come on. But I was just watching The Queen's Gambit for like the third time with a friend. And I was like, she goes into this um, like corner store that's basically like a pharmacist, but also you can pick up some things and get a magazine or whatever. And I was like, wow. And I think that was the 50s, 60s. But anyway, so go back and look at look at the era and that time of what was going on with our medical system and hospitals and healthcare. And there were actually more natural treatments being done. Medicine in the form of pharmaceuticals wasn't overran. You know, we've I talked about colonics in, in one of the early episodes and you know, enemas and colonics were a part of the actual hospitals then. They knew the bowels need to be moved. We have to poop to get healthy, but you're not going to have that being done now. And so when you hear from older, the older generation, which will change as we all get older now in 2021, um, it's just not the same. And so my thought was, I think people are living longer, like my grandparents into their 90s, because there was less extreme medical intervention. There wasn't always a pill to answer everything. So was the Medicare system wonderful to come in for major things? Of course. But as then my parents, my mom and dad, who are now in their 70s, they become very dependent on hospitals because their parents were like, wait a minute, we didn't have this at our disposal like y'all have now. We're going to make sure we utilize it because we're so grateful it's here. And so my parents were used to going more to the doctor and things like that. And now, of course, they're on more pharmaceuticals than than I feel they should be. They got less connected to their body. Things like herbs and natural remedies are not a part of their vocabulary. And then they bring in children who then become more dependent on the doctor. Now, I will say I had an extremely positive experience with my pediatrician. Like, he is still a pediatrician, and I'm 39. And um, Dr. Krishna, and he is amazing. And I was that kid with chronic ear infections. I talked about that. I had spinal meningitis when I was born. So I saw him quite a bit. I saw my ear, nose, and throat doctor quite a bit. So I will say in those times, was I grateful to have something to take? Yes. Now, was I given less shots then? Yes. Was there less quick to jump on the bandwagon to take this? Yes. Was there kids on medications in elementary school? No. Was there a high rise of all of these different behavioral issues? No. <laughs> so correlate it. I'm not going to tell you what to think or what to do with your children because you're the parent. If you are one, you do what you choose. But what I am going to say is start looking at it and start seeing the correlation because, yes, as we become more advanced, wonderful things can happen. But the advancements can also inhibit us from actually knowing what we know to be true and learning how to take care of ourselves. And the episode I just did about um, before this one on sexual energy, like I asked you to learn and know your body. And that's, again, a big part of it as because we've become more dependent on medication and Medicare than we forget to learn about our body. 
And clearly we need to do that. And I'm not saying don't use it. I'm not saying don't take medication. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is though, again, like I talked about conscious sex before, be conscious of when you literally put that pill in your body, what am I doing and what is it there for? And do I want it long-term or not? And so the cool part about this article and what I want to say is that the, the older generation that was born in the early times they had that kind of sweet spot where they were able to utilize doctors for what they really truly needed when things got to a place they couldn't control, but they also knew how to handle a lot of things on their own. They knew how to look to the earth to help them. Now, were there a lot of diseases that at the time maybe could have benefited from doctors and science and advancement? Of course, but we also know that as we progress, other things progress, and that's our mental health issues, and that's like what this article talks about. And so, you know, when I chose to have home births, my dad was really torn by it, and not torn because he didn't believe me or believe that I was going to make the right choice, but because I was his baby girl. He didn't want anything to happen, and he grew up in that generation that depended on the fact that they have hospitals now. This is great. We have these doctors. You should be using a hospital, Sarah, because they've come a long way. Now, what I believed and what I understood in the research and the things I had came to learn was, that's not where I wanted to have my children. Do I have friends that have had wonderful births at, ho- at, at the hospital? Of course. But for me personally, and my husband at the time, this was our choice. It wasn't made out of a haste decision or try to fall into a fad or feel like I needed some like gold medal for having a kid at home. This is what I truly believe was best for me and my unborn child. And it was just very hard for him. And I know it was not hard because he was trying to be in control. It was definitely a safety issue. It was his heart involved. And so, you know, he didn't want to be there for it, which was which was fine. My mom ended up being there, but he came of course when it was done to make to just see with his own eyes that I was good. And the baby was good, his first grandbaby. And, um, but there is that, I think, where unfortunately people are getting sicker sooner because they become too dependent on the medical establishment instead of being dependent on learning and understanding their body and doing preventative care. We're doing reactive care. And so this article, you know, is, is discussing a, you know, kind of one of the main ladies in the article was, um, she was born in 1933 in France, and yes, she went through the Nazis and Holocaust and some mental things, but, you know, they got to know their neighbors. They had more of a sense of community. There clearly was not social media. There, yeah, the cold phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, was then there, um, and women had their place, and we can go into that another time, but people walked more. They did more things as a family. There was more that idea. And even then, probably two women, right, stayed at home and the male worked. And so she was able to focus on just being a mom. And it wasn't, you know, so yes, some things have progressed, like I said, and is wonderful. But on the other hand, we're talking about aging and what, what they went through then. And, you know, so they talked about relationships, socialing, um, being socialized and not from social media, but literally knowing someone, being able to shake someone's hand, mind-body connection, being proactive about your health, which I always promote, not reactive, proactive, exercise for the mind and body. Now think about, like, I remember when I'd go to my grandma's house, who's now passed away, my mom's mom, and every time I would go into her bathroom, she had like four or five, like, crossword puzzle, word search, that type of thing, because, you know, if she was in the bathroom and, you know, 
knowing what I know now, she shouldn't have been sitting on the toilet for that long, but whatever. But that's what she would do. They would re, like do word search or something. And how many people are doing that with an actual pencil to paper, right? Like you might word search on your phone, but even just the mind games to strengthen your mind, we're not doing as much of those, especially kids. Being proactive about your health and kindness matters. And so there is, there is this simplicity that was held even in complicated times with that generation. The things were just simpler. Now, they might not have viewed it that way, but even as I look at how my kids are in middle school going into high school and even how I was, and then I see high schoolers now and I'm like, oh my gosh, like why are they, they have to do so much. Like the stress and the mental health issues are beginning so early. Like I have um, a guy friend of mine and he's a mental health counselor, literally at a private school working with kids who are depressed and have suicidal thoughts and issues. That was not there whenever I was in high school. We had a counselor. That counselor helped us with our getting into college and what classes we should take. And we had a nurse. And yes, there would have been somebody good to talk to for mental health issues, but it wasn't as prominent as it is now because so many things are in front of our face that we're trying to keep up with. And a guy friend of mine, we just had this talk about women and not even looking like what they really look like on social media. And I'm all about someone who wants to better their looks and, you know, you want to put eyelashes, fake hair, whatever. I don't care. Like if that's what makes you feel good. But on the other hand, if you're doing it to attract men, guess what? The truth comes out. Like you will look how you really look at some point. So that wasn't the case there. And, um, you know, if you've ever watched, um, what was the show on Netflix? No, it was not on Netflix. I think it's on Amazon Prime. But it's a marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I love it, love it, love it. Her train, uh, her thought of consciousness and her comedy is, is pretty much me. But she wakes up before her husband wakes up to get herself ready so she can go back to bed and make it look like she always looked that way when she woke up. Woke up, that's a lot of work and a lot of effort. But that's kind of what we're back to now with some people on social media that they just do not look like um, what they look like. So back to the point of my, the article and this thing is about aging well. So at times we need to bring things back, dumb things down, get back to the earth, get back to the simplicity of the old times, get back to knowing where our food came from get back to recognizing that you could have one day and all you did that day was went to lunch and laughed with a friend. And that could be the best medicine that you needed all week, more than any um, anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication could do for you. And understanding food and what it means. I had breakfast this morning with a friend and I was eating greens off of my plate and I picked up a small piece of Swiss chard and he's like trying to get healthy, but he's not there yet. And I said, what is this? And he goes, oh, I think it starts with a C and he was meaning the chard. I said, but what does it look like? And he goes, well, those look like red veins. And I said, so what does it help you with? He said, well, your blood. And I said, exactly. And if we just begin to look at food that way, we begin to see how it services our body. But if we begin to kind of scale back and simplify our lives, which I like my life busy and on the go, but I've gone to, um, I've come to really take in and admire and love just sitting back and chilling, having a day where I do nothing. 
whether it's listen to some music or watch some silly show, but really know that busy isn't always productive, that I've been very busy at times and it's not been productive busy. Um, And just slowing things down like they did back then. Do I love advancement? Do I love technology? Do I love that when I'm not with my kids, I can text them? Of course. But I also appreciate the slowdown. I appreciate the way things were when my grandma was small and how they knew their neighbor, you, you connected at a deeper level. And that's kind of what that article is about. Really, you had to know yourself better and you had to understand people around you better. We can be very distant now. No pun on the social distancing, blah, blah, blah. But really distance. Like, it's super cool. I have friends in other countries that I've never even met, like pin pals on Instagram. But on the other hand, there's people that are in Nashville that there's no reason I can't go and know them, but we only know each other socially on Instagram. And so we're, you know, we're at that cool place, but yet we miss that kind of connection. And so that's what this is about, too, in this article, is that the older generation, those that are our grandparents, great-grandparents, they got that value. They got that value of knowing your neighbor. And I mean, and that was kind of a thing, too, about church, per se. Like, my dad was, you know, my parents, we grew up Methodist, but he was always advocating, Sarah, go to church, because that's how you can get really get to know people in the community. But even that is not the same anymore. And, and in the South, it's really not the same. But that was part of that mental health piece of connecting with your neighbors and knowing who you lived beside. And we've gotten away from that and that affects the mental health, which affects our overall health. You know, and I have a a guy friend of mine and he was in the news a few months ago and he's lived in a, a fluent neighborhood for many, <laughs> many years. And he's a black man who's a lawyer and he's lived in this house, which And his one of his neighbors called the cops on him like he was breaking into his own home. Now, there's so many things deeper about that that I'm not going into here. But the fact that that's her neighbor and she didn't know him is what I'm getting at. And so the police came and he really lives there and he's lived there for a long time. He wasn't just like he just moved in last month and she didn't know we just don't pay attention to things anymore. So yeah, you had the nosy neighbors a long time ago back in the day that knew what was going on, but now we have a whole different level of disconnect. And, you know, unfortunately she's reached out, she reached out to him to try to understand and know better about the situation, but we become that disconnected with ourselves in a time where we can be so connected. And all of that goes back to our mental health. And that can really, so if you are, and I talk about this with clients on various areas of their life that they might feel disconnected that has nothing to do with their food, one of those is socialization, personal relationships. If that's you, know that that can make a big part of your health goals being accomplished if you get back into becoming a little bit more social dealing with your personal relationships at a greater level, getting to know the people around you. Now, you might not want to know your neighbor, believe me. (laughs) But I'm just saying if knowing them helps you out, then go for it. Do it. Make your life a little easier. Um, And that leads me to the next section of... this, which is my taste testing section, where I grab something in the natural food health section of the grocery store that most people would just mindlessly grab and be like, oh, it's in this section. It must be good. And I taste test it. 
Now, the last episode, I had something that was pretty much like I would say a 7, a 10, 8 out of 10, as considering for bars. Taste wasn't bad. The ingredients weren't bad. This one, I will admit I've tried a flavor of this before because I've bought these bars a few times intending on recording podcasts and something came up and I didn't. And then I was last minute and I grabbed the bar and I just ate it. Didn't mean I liked it. It wasn't necessarily a proud moment. But last time I chose carrot cake, this time I chose lemon. I was on a fruity kick. So this is the new ridiculously delicious Love Good Fats. It's keto, which is all the rage now. Lemon mousse flavor snack bar. Now this one, like the other, is non-GMO verified. If you'd like to understand what non-GMO verified is, watch the episode or listen to the episode previous to this because I go into a long explanation. Two grams of sugar, nine grams of protein, and 13 grams of fat. And this is per a 39-gram bar. Now, I'll tell you all of this to remember that they can put almost anything they want with an asterisk beside it as a claim on the front of a bar, and it doesn't matter if it's true or not, okay? So you have to be a little investigator, like my PI friend that I said told me about this article and actually dig a little deeper. Ignorance is not always bliss when it comes to food, okay? Because you can continue to do something over and over and over again, and then one day you're like, wait a minute, why am I so unhealthy and unhappy? Oh, wait a minute, because I basically created habits that were unhealthy and unhappy. So this has all the little things like gluten-free and keto-friendly and grass-fed whey, and so it's not a vegan bar like the other. And it's 190 calories and, like I said, only two grams of sugar. Oh, way more ingredients than the other. Fats blend. Sunflower seed butter. Organic palm sterin. (laughs) It's like like you need a whole dictionary for ingredients with some of these things. Like, when do we use organic palm sterin? Like, coconut oil, white chocolate flavored coating. So that has ingredients for that and the rest of it. So we got stevia leaf. Now the allergens are, it contains milk and coconut. Okay. And it's also processed in a facility that has soy, peanuts, and tree nuts. So let's give this good fats, lemon mousse flavor bar a try. So same white coating like we had before with the carrot cake bar, the other episode. So, oh, Wow, it's like um, when you bite into it, it's like, I was going to say biting into a cloud, which whatever, who's been into a cloud, but you get the idea. It's not like you're biting into like cardboard or something really firm. It's very light and kind of fluffy. It's not a bad lemon flavor. Um, maybe because I'm hungry while I'm eating this, it tastes better. It's like trying food when you're drunk or something um it's really the texture is really odd it's like um fluffy and powdery but anyway it's not bad more ingredients than I think should be in something but again it's meant to keep on the shelf for who knows how long it doesn't expire (laughs) here we are in January 2021 and it's best by September of 2021 so Hey, if you're someone who likes to like store up for the apocalypse, you'd have about, what is this, nine months of um, these bars, good fat bars hanging out in your cupboard. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And at the end of every podcast, of course, I let you um, 
understand and marinate on the idea of what is vulnerability to you. What does it mean to be vulnerable? And that could be different, shoot, every day. Or it can be your overall theme of trying to become more vulnerable, ease into and relax into the ideas of not having to be so hard on yourself, okay? And I want to know, has anybody told you that you are more than you can handle? So again, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast if you even liked a moment of it. Share it with your friends. Tell people about it. Um, If you have topic ideas you want to hear more than you can handle about it, let me know. You can follow me on social media. Instagram and Facebook is sarahmorehealth.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, even though I don't do much on it, at sarahhm underscore health. And then also online to work with me, sarahmorehealth.com. Thank you all so much. I have the blast doing this, and I hope you have felt uh, healthy, sexy, inspired, and that you become more than you can handle or that others can. Have an awesome day.